Support Black Podcast. One reps for the old school and one reps for the down and dirty. Both of them are ladies that love hip-hop. Ladies love hip-hop. We're self-appointed hip-hop aficionadas, CJ and Summer Willow, kick in the door, waving the full fold, screaming, ladies love hip-hop too. God damn it. That's ladies love L-U-V hip-hop. Check them out on SoundCloud. Check them out where you find good podcasts. Like them on Instagram because these ladies are lovely and their hip-hop is deadly. Remember, Support Black Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribble's fame. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays 8 to 10 p.m. on G-Town Radio. We are coming to you, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening to us on Saturday, you're listening on WPPM LP 106.5 FM in Philadelphia. All right. If you're listening on a jaunty Monday morning, then you're enjoying us on WKDU 91.7 FM in Philadelphia. Welcome to the work week. And if you're listening to us via podcasting, then you're listening to <laughs> us whenever you want. Who knows? So maybe it's after the apocalypse. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Put out that campfire, it attracts the Raiders. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are reviewing the 2015 Sundance Darling that was Tangerine. Tangerine? Uh, a movie that was filmed entirely on the iPhone 5. Yes, it was. Directed and written by Sean Baker and starring Katana, Kiki Rodriguez, Maya Taylor, and James Ranzone. This is the film that was brought to us by Vincenzo for this trek on the Michelle Mission. But before we get into that, as always, we like to um, look at what everybody has sent us via email and on Twitter and Facebook and all that type of stuff. Yes. Like that. And we've got more than a few emails, Vince. Okay. So let's check them out. Always appreciate it. So we got an email from uh, Maurice Poplar. What's up, Maurice? Talking about Superfly. (laughs) Which one? Well, he says... (laughs) He says in regards to Superfly from 1972... Okay, okay. The the, real Superfly. The real Superfly. Yes. He said, Len, (laughs) I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Superfly for the first time in the late 80s when I worked at Blockbuster Video and took a deep dive into... 
quote unquote important films. Yes. I think, yes. I think Superfly was the first black exploitation film I saw, and I was flummoxed. <laughs> what was so great about this? What was so great about this? I asked the old black dudes in my space, <laughs> what do you think of Superfly? And they all thought it was amazing. This is like old black dudes hanging around like a Stephen King novel. Pretty much. Yes. They have magic powers. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, because they can turn dirt into gold, uh, because they thought Superfly was amazing. <laughs> However, Maurice continues, I think I saw a totally different movie. But thanks to you, brothers, I came out loud and proud asking, what were y'all thinking? <laughs> Superfly ain't all that. Right. But I guess it was a product of its time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to be there. Probably a similar experience to young folks watching Richard Donner's Superman, as Vince said, post-Black Panther. In 79, we were excited to see a dude fly with a cape. Now the bar is a little higher. Yeah. Although I think Superman ages pretty well. The first Superman? The very first one. It ages it, it ages okay. The some of the effects are a little Oh yeah yeah. I mean yeah, the effects are yeah, but yeah. I think actually as far as a combination of film, story and effects, Superman 2 ages Superman a little two. better. Yeah. It's just that Superman 2 includes that stupid scene, you know, fight scene at the right. Fortress of Solitude. Now, now, now how are are you one of the highfalutin like like you like the 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 Richard Donner cut? I've actually Superman two. Or... I have actually never seen the Richard Donner <gasps> cut. I'm going, <gasps> but I haven't seen it either. Yeah, I know people. You know, everyone talks about the Richard Donner. I know. You know, it's like because I, I like Superman two the way it is. I like it the way it is. But you know, right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure Richard Donner had his own ideas. And, right, right. And I'm I'm told that it makes for a totally different film. Yeah, yeah. I, people swear by. But um, and as much as I, there are great pieces of Superman two that I dislike right right i accept it for what it is hey and it's fine all right and i i I don't care enough to go and see it i think you know we were just talking off the mic well not off the mic before we started about time which is always against us yeah and and like the richard donner cut of superman 2 just has not broken through for me no for like a two hour commitment no not when a new batch of fresh episodes of steven universe is coming out next week no i I mean the first one came on last night oh did it yeah what this is the week this is the week right now oh this will be a quick show yeah (laughs) but Superfly, (laughs) yes doesn't age well Uh, Maurice says keep up the good work guys but he also says while we are killing sacred cows Uh uh-oh incredibles 2 is better than Incredibles 1. I don't even know if that's a sacred cow because since you and I talked about it, it, it almost seems, I'm not going to say there's a consensus, but I don't think that's an opinion that's difficult to find. Yeah, I think there's more than enough people that yeah, kind of absolutely. feel that way. I'm, Certainly there's not everybody feels that right, way. Right, right. Well, I don't. Yeah. I don't, but, but I will say this. I need to see it again. Simon Joseph. Hey, what's up, Simon? Hit us up. Yo. Vexology triple here. Okay, all right. I I wasn't aware of this. Well, there you go. There you go. What's vexology mean? Hey, man, that's your your, y'all the triples. I don't know. I don't know what vexology means. Now I have to look it up. Maybe he's he's a master of of vexing people. The study of flags. Okay. 
The study what? of flags. That's why you have to get up every day. Because you never know what you're going to learn. <laughs> you really do. Like, you have to get out of bed every day. That's true. Who knew this morning that by the time I went to bed, I would know what the study of flags was called? Who knew that there was a study of flags? What a world. <laughs> but Vexology Tribble says. Yo. <laughs> I continue. Oh, Simon Joseph continues. I don't have anything inspirational or profound to share. Okay. Just that, as I sat down to lunch today with my accidentally on topic halal cart chicken and rice. Amen. You get that you get the right truck. That's a good meal right there. Amen. I got a huge kick out of listening to your review of Superfly. Okay, excellent. You guys are doing a fantastic job. And honestly, you're the podcast I recommend the most to my friends and other folks. Hope all's well. I know my afternoon at work will be listening to the Superfly soundtrack. (laughs) Well, that's now that's a real good decision. That is a very, very good decision. Well, thank you. And uh, thank you very much, Simon. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And, and I want to know whether or not he actually is a, a fly studier. Uh, a, a flag, a flag studier. studier, yeah. 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 I want to know. have to let us know. And what does that look like? Yeah, what does, yeah, yeah, what's, like, what does what, that entail? Yeah. Studying, studying flags. So that would be very interesting. We got another email. This is from Ernest Bro. Hey, what's up, Ernest? And Bro is spelled B-R-E-A-U-X. Okay. So that's how I know it's Bro. Okay. As in, like, Michelle. Okay. Oh. Oh, all right, I see what you did there. Hey, Len and Vince. After enjoying your binge lounge on cartoon conspiracies. Thank you. Very entertaining and informative, I might add. I in- immediately thought of Afro Samurai starring Samuel Jackson yeah. as the titular Afro Samurai. Yeah. Phil Lamar was brother number one. Ron Perlman was was justice and the rizza did the soundtrack yes he did i'm curious as to what you two think about this animated work i myself really enjoyed it because to me it felt like the old school run run shaw films i loved as a kid oh i loved afro samurai yeah yeah i loved it i think um i wish there were more of it yeah, yeah. You know, I wish they did more because it was it. just it was the series. Yeah, and and, and I don't they, and they, I don't know how many episodes were in the series. Not many. Yeah, but then they didn't they do a follow up. I think there was a movie. movie. Yeah, right? right, 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 right. I enjoyed it a great deal. Yeah, and I liked it because it was what it was. It was a samurai. It was balls out action. There was enough of a story that you can hang your hat on. You know yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. Um, just like in the Shaw films, you know, you got the outline of a story, and now let's let me kick you in the teeth. Yeah, and and you know. I think, you know, it's like that Samurai Jack. There, mm-hmm. you know, there are a couple of comic series. Like, I mean, even you know, appropriately enough, um, the film that Riza made, The Man with the Golden Arm, which I never saw that one. It's not bad, but you know, I'm <laughs> exactly. It's not bad, right? Right. <laughs> Inside joke from before the show. <laughs> um, I'm fascinated by sort of karate kung fu whatever you want to call them products Mm -hmm. that are made post hip-hop okay so it's like so much of hip-hop was informed by you know obviously the wu-tang i'm about to say is it post hip-hop or is post wu-tang well post i mean really wu-tang kind of brought together 
what was already out there. Okay. Like so many people in our generation and that kind of generation of MCs mm-hmm. kind of, you, you know, the, I mean, the Shaw Brothers. Yeah. Like sure. it's not even even Kung Fu movies. It really is the Shaw, Shaw Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, it is and, and that that particular strain. Yeah. Because it's not even really Bruce Lee. It is the Oh, it's Shaw not Bruce film. Lee at all. It's the Shaw yeah, film, yeah. yeah. And to see these works kind of come back around and kind of folds in on itself is mm-hmm. always just sort of stylistically really interesting. Yeah. And uh, Afro Samurai was a great example of that. Afro Samurai was dope. It was really dope. Yeah. It was good stuff. Good stuff there. Uh, let's see. What else? We got a, more than a few emails. Um, this last one, though, is from Sherry D. Hey, what's up, Sherry? Who says, thanks for the Cartoon Binge Lounge. You are welcome. The Saturday AM Cartoon Conspiracy Binge Lounge was hella fun. At one point, I thought I needed a strong drink. <laughs> Upon hearing that Charlie Brown has cancer. That is terrible. Garfield is starving. Also terrible. And the Rugrats, well, damn, I never heard those before. Unspeakably bad. I remember years ago, a pastor was on a talk show, maybe Phil Donahue, stating that Gargamel okay smurfs was satanic yes something about an octagon on the ground in his lair and that the care bears or one of them were conveying satanic messages to kids oh yeah i also read about the sexually suggestive shadows and images that people have found in some disney films and cartoons but i never knew a lot of what you shared on the binge lounge I don't know why it never occurred to me that the Smurfs were living foul in that KKK compound. <laughs> I know. Little white-headed blue supre- I supremacist. I know. Even jokey Smurf. It all fits. I'm so woke. <laughs> anyway, thanks again for that fun binge lounge and for ending it by talking about the great and talented and gorgeous Kim Hamilton. Yes, ma'am. You are very welcome, Sherry. Yes, indeed. It indeed our pleasure to do that. So uh, that was cool. A lot of people seem to have enjoyed the binge lounge. It was fun. I mean, you know. That we did. I think if you were a Saturday morning cartoon person, you have great fondness for that time. And much like Toys R Us, it is a cultural phenomenon that is gone. Yeah. You know, either you remember it or you don't. That's a shame, right? Yeah, it really is. It really is a shame. We invite each and every one of you to like and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, become a um, a member of our Facebook group. Yes. Michelle Mission, where we are having buckets and buckets of fun uh, just rolling and cracking up with everyone who, who likes to post stuff. Um, you know, Steve Tozen. This, uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm wrong. It was actually Robert Monroe Jr. Mm-hmm. who posted about the Star Trek cruise. Yeah. Me and Vince are big t- Star Trek fans. Yes, we are. Those new to the mission. There's a six-day voyage on the spectacular Norwegian Jade, which is basically a Star Trek cruise. Uh, you know, so there's information on in the Facebook group if you're interested in, in getting on there. Absolutely. And thanks for sharing that, Robert. Dan Dinkins said... Uh, the mayor. The mayor. Quotes Vince Williams from the Cartoon Binge Lounge. <laughs> Too many dead babies, not enough moons. Not enough moon. If it's going to be a conspiracy theory, it should involve the moon. Listening to it, there was one thread of a moon conspiracy that I did not mention. What was that? So I mentioned two of them. Uh, moon conspiracies. Of course, the most popular moon conspiracy is that we faked the moon landing. Right. 
second vein of moon conspiracy is that we actually went to the moon and then there were aliens uh, you know it's sort of a day the earth stood still mm-hmm. slash um brother john reed right went to the moon aliens said y'all aren't really ready to be out here like that go home right but then the third vein we just never stopped going they just stopped telling us about it and there are moon bases really mm-hmm so the International Space Station is just a is just a way station. Really? On your way to the moon bases. The moon bases. That have been there and it's been going on for, but we just don't talk about it anymore. You know, any other time I would say you obviously have been out in the heat too long. <laughs> However, I don't think it was a a month ago there uh Beloved president, our beloved president announced. That's right. Basically, gave an order. That's right to the, to the Department of Defense. We're going to have Space Force. We're going to have Space Force. I mean, let's not act like Ronald Reagan didn't say in 1980 whatever where he was talking about the Star Wars, you know, the SDI and the Star Wars Initiative, mm-hmm. and he said in case we had to fight aliens. Yeah, true. Lynn Marie hit us up. Hey, what's up, Lynn? She said, uh, Lynn. I tip- typically don't take your advice on movies because you don't seem to like anything. You're a mean one, Mr. Lynn. However, <laughs> I rented Acrimony uh, for uh, free from uh, Redbox this weekend. Was it really free, though, Lynn? Was it really free? Apparently not. Because, <laughs> Lynn, you were so right. This movie is horrible. Yeah. It was absurd from start to finish. I feel like Redbox should pay me for the time <laughs> I wasted watching this film. Academy Award nominated actress, Taraji P. Henson. Yes. Markham Lee in the comments actually wrote that. Um, What's fa- up, Markham? The fact that Taraji's talent is being wasted on things like this, Empire and proud mary makes me sad you know get it she has a kid in college got bills but you know however he says this movie further validates vincent williams theory that tyler perry has a child's understanding of the real world yes because the whole battery and venture capital plot is not how any of this works not how any of this works it is so not (laughs) It is so that I, I, for the sake of my blood vessels, <laughs> I am not going to go any further into this movie. Uh, but to say, Lynn, I told you so. You know what I'd like to do? What? I'd like to ask Tyler Perry about, like, like, I'd like Tyler Perry to, like, run errands for me. Like, I'd like to give Tyler Perry a list of errands to run, like, like you know, I gotta go and, 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 and you know, like, like, we're, we're out of like light bulbs, like mm-hmm. the little light bulbs for like the, the light around our bathroom mirror. And so I want him to like run to Lowe's to get the light bulbs. I want him to go to like Target and, and pick up some things. And then I want him to um run into the supermarket. Like I'd love to give Tyler Perry a list, like just my random weekly list to run errands and see what he does with it. It would be interesting. Just see how he handles it. I don't see him hand. I, I don't see that going well. We also heard. I said I mentioned that we heard from uh, Robert Monroe. We hadn't heard from yes. him from a while, so I'll give him a second shout out where he asked my fellow Michaud missionaries. 
Okay. Which black exploitation film would you like to see remade? My two are JD's Revenge with either a reincarnated 1970s New York gangster or a reincarnated 1990s LA gangster coming back for some serious payback. Okay. Both the soundtracks would be great. Or Three the Hard Way, where mm. three no-nonsense brothers take on an alt-right Koch Brothers-type organization's plot to ensure a white America in 2050 by killing off the melanated population by poisoning the water supply. Think Flint. I was about to say they're doing that in Flint. Yeah. Uh, we have to pick between those two? No, those are, those would be... If he could remake any black exploitation film, those would be... The, okay. I mean, we've we've talked about this several times. I would love to see a remake of Blackula. Like Blackula is actually my go-to now. Yeah, Blackula would be a good one. Blackula. After watching Luke Cage, I want Chiu and I, I always mispronounce his brother's name. Chiu Hadari Coker. Like I would love the Luke, oh yeah, I would love the Luke Cage team. Okay, to remake Uptown Saturday Night. Really? Like I know they're working on on a remake already, right. but I like the sensibilities of Luke Cage Harlem. Well, we talked about, but we talked about Uptown Saturday Night, and we suggested uh, Kevin Hart um, along with uh, oh no, I just lost his name again. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not even talking about the actors. I'm okay. just talking about the people who the people actually kind of put it together. But Black, those would be my choice. Blackula is a good one, just for sake of choosing another one, because I would be fine with Blackula myself. Okay, but just for sake of choosing another one. Um, I think I, w- I I would like a remake of Cotton Comes to Harlem. Oh, that'd be good. And here's why: one, because I don't think Cotton Comes to Harlem is a bad film mm-hmm. at all. So you know, like, so it's it's one that, like, I guess you know, some of them could stand a remake. Blackula, Superfly. <laughs> um, some of them you just remake because you want to maybe try to return to the nostalgia. Uptown Saturday Night. Right. But Cotton Comes to Harlem, I would want to remake that. It was a great film. I was still set it in that time. Okay. No, maybe if I wouldn't set it in that time, maybe because that was cocaine coming to Harlem. Right. So maybe I said it when crack comes to New York. Okay. Gets into New York. But also, I think that if done well, that's one that could then build grow into a series of films. Absolutely. If you, if you cast it right, those cops right, yeah. no nonsense, I think that that could uh, grow into a series of films. I think that's a great... That's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that, that would be my call. Okay. Uh, but you brought up Luke Cage. I did bring up Luke Cage. Which has uh, debuted just a couple of weeks ago. Yes, it has. So, and and I think it's only fair, while we are a movie podcast. We are. We definitely have talked about Luke Cage. We, We've done specials absolutely. on Luke Cage. We are friends with one of the stars of Luke Cage. Now we're friends with two of the stars of I was about to say, one, I'm one of the featured guest stars. Get that. Dorian, you tight-lipped mother. <laughs> Dorian Missick, for those new to the Michelle Mission, for those new, new to the Michelle Mission, you don't know, you may not know, that... Um, the uh, star, what the, next to Mike Coulter, of mm. 
of Luke Cage, Simone Missick, the, the young lady that plays Misty Knight, is a fan of the Michelle Mission and has been a guest on the Michelle Mission. If you go to MichelleMission.com, you can look up our episodes with her where we have reviewed Coming to America as well as, um, oh, what was that? Strictly Business. Strictly Business. And there's also a special up there, like One Misty Knight with Simone Missick. Um, uh, it, she's a big fan of our show, listens listens to the show. Uh, and she became a fan of the show via her husband, Dorian Missick. Dorian Missick, great actor you see all over the place. And, and in this season, he played Cockroach. Cockroach? <laughs> in this season, the second season of Luke Cage. He was terrible. Cockroach was terrible. Yeah, cockroach was terrible. Yes, Cockroach. Dor- Dorian was great. No, no, no. He was great as his... Like, well, it was, I realized I've never seen him as a bad person, I don't think. I was like, Dorian, you're so mean. You know... As Cockroach. You know what made him mean? He said one of my favorite quotes from the whole series. When his wife, who he was abusive towards, let Misty Knight in. And he said, you letting cops in here now? Sit your ass down. You on timeout. I know. I said that is terrible. That was terrible and also hilarious. It was also it was it was terrible and hilarious. The only reason that it was I I didn't mind laughing at it was because it wasn't followed by like right violence, violence. right? You know because she, like you said he was abusive. He he was, was like oh my god, and that was hard to take. It was it was because you know the guy right right right, and because God you know God darn you Dorian. You're a charming guy on television. I mean, you- so you because he comes off and he's like kind of like like this this laid back like you know like <laughs> listen to me, Mariah. You know, forget these brothers. You need to get with me. You know, he's just he's just like just he's he's, he's smooth. Yes, but then he's a cockroach. Yes, so you know he's just dirty, terrible, he's dirty and terrible. But it was a really I really enjoyed this season. I did enjoy this season. Okay. I did enjoy this season. Um, I enjoyed it a great deal. I enjoyed yeah. it more than season one. I was about to say, one. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Season, season one was definitely, a, there There are halves to season one. Right. And this one, there was definitely more of a full through line. Absolutely. Um, to this season. This season, again, just like, oh my God, you know, just like Black Panther, you know, as great a movie as that was, you know, oh my God, it had a great, compelling villain yeah this season had a very compelling villain throughout the entire yeah. season and that was uh bushmaster yes. slash john MacGyver, yes played by mustafa shakir wow yeah Dude, how awesome was he he was magnificent you could not take your eyes off him yeah oh yeah you um you felt for I felt for him because what I loved in the script and in the reading was that at no time would he let anyone within earshot of him get away (laughs) with saying Mariah Dillard. Mariah Stokes. (laughs) Mariah Stokes. I've actually had a friends from the caribbean and i've read apparently the the accents weren't as good as they should have been but, i'm sure but you know i don't know i don't know my people from alabama it all sound good to me yeah and it's on a show in a world where there's wakanda 
a made up African right, country. Right. So I'm not caring. Right, right. I just wanted to acknowledge apparently people had issues. I was not one of those people. I was not one of those. Because my people from Alabama. Exactly. So And my people are from Philly. Right. So But um I felt like there was a but in there when you were talking about enjoying the season. Yeah. Um You want me to do my butt first? Thank you. I'll do my butt first. I think I, I think the same hesitation I had with the first season I have with this one, and it goes back to a fundamental decision that they made with the character. I think for a show called Luke Cage, Luke is still not as fully developed mm-hmm. and as full of a character as all of the other characters. Do you think that is the writing, or do you think that's the the acting I think people have issues with my culture. I think the problem that the problem I think I think the issue comes from the fact that this is a show that is fundamentally about Harlem. Right. And is a, and is about every character's history mm-hmm. with Harlem. Mm-hmm. And you know, as comic book people, those who don't read the comics don't know Luke Cage is from Harlem. Yeah. In the comics. Right. They made the decision in the show to have him be from Georgia. Yeah. And he has moved to Harlem. Right. And I think cutting Luke Cage off of this history in a show that is really about Harlem mm-hmm. and the heart of Harlem and who does Harlem belong to. Yeah. And, you know, he always feels like he's on the outside a bit. Mm. And because I like my, and, and I've, I like Michael Coulter. Like, I think Michael Coulter is a good actor. Like, I've seen him in a couple of things since then. And I think so much of of, of sort of the, the conflict that the character Luke Cage has, it doesn't feel as immediate. Okay. When you have characters like um, Misty Knight, when you have characters like Mariah, when you have characters like Shades, when you have characters like... Um, the the cat I forget the captain's name. The, oh, you, you know when you have characters like Comanche, where mm-hmm. all of them have this deep history, mm-hmm. either literally with each other or tangentially, mm-hmm. and then you have Luke, who is like this outside presence who has come in and taken Harlem under his midst. And and I think that translates into again the depth of character that I mean even cockroach even cockroach who as we said the, he's on there for you know maybe five six episodes yeah. uh, you know spoiler but you get this real sense of history mm-hmm. between him and and Misty Knight between him and um, shades. Yeah, between him and and you know all of that. I, I mean, even um, Bushmaster, who that history between his family and the Stokes family, and to me that is sticking out. That stuck out more this year than it did last year, and I think that's mainly because so much of this year built off of that. Right. But that's I have you know in, in the big scheme of things that that that's a small critique that i had um what's your butt my butt is that i think and it, it falls along those same lines in in the the character of luke cage is that 
he feels he often feels secondary to the story. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think it's probably for the reasons that you said, you know, because he's been cut off from being more, you know, uh, his character has been cut off from being more invested in Harlem as much as he says he's for Harlem. You know, he's he's not of Harlem. Right. You know? and, and I think you feel a, a little bit of that. But I also think that he makes he, he, he is he is sometimes and more often than not played the fool in mm. this in this show it's one thing to be it's one thing to be for someone to get over on you but it's another thing for people to get over on you the same way all the time right or for you to just keep making the exact same mistakes mm-hmm. and then when you're when you're making those mistakes yet people are still supposed to be afraid of you and frightened of you and uh, worried about your, you know, intimidated by you. It's like, it just doesn't come off as, as real to me. Like there's a moment where he, um, like, well, you know, Mariah gets over on him the entire season. And 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 that just speaks to Mariah just being more I was cunning about to than say, him. I mean, in his defense. Okay. Yet yet then he quickly goes to deal with another crime boss, and I, I don't want to spoil who it is, but he goes to deal with another crime boss and issues like this big threat. Like, you know, hey, you know, do as I say or I'm going to I'm going to kill you or whatever. Right, right. And they already know that, dude, you're not built this way. Right. So why are you coming like like this at me? Right. And I'm just going to sit here and play you like a dummy, too. Right. You know, and that seems I see that being happened repeatedly in this episode and there were moments where I thought people were people were taking his hand like they wanted to like sit him down or like listen here baby right and I was hoping like that was what they were going to do right and then it doesn't happen right or the one moment when it kind of happens from a character who I can't stand but I guess had to show up here just so that all the comic book nerds could get their (laughs) You know, could get their their splooge, <laughs> and so it happens, and then he doesn't doesn't right, learn anything right. from that either. That's not a bad episode. The Iron Fist episode isn't bad. It's not a bad episode. It was so much better than I thought it was going to be. True, but it is so much filler too. It, it's very much filler. And, like and, and I would have, I would have, it would have meant more to me if. When Iron Fist shows up, and, and I'm sorry, this is a little bit of a spoiler. It would have been a little bit more to me if, if when he shows up, he then plays more of a part going sure, forward. Sure, You know, it's like he came in the door, he walked out the back door, right. he was gone. Well, you had, yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know if any of us really wanted him there. You just kind of had, like, you got to do it. So, okay, so let's do it. And all right, now we did it. Uh, okay, I uh, hear you. Right. Um and then my um, and then my only other but mm-hmm. and this is and and maybe this is a gripe and this is a gripe because of maybe because of our but it's 
it's mine, so I'll I'll own it because of my feelings for Simone mm-hmm. Missick. Um, and I know, and I mean, my feelings for her having not even just having getting to know her, just watching her act. Okay. And I felt that while her story definitely is developed a little bit more, mm-hmm. I felt that the character wasn't developed that much. Okay. I felt that there were more episodes where she was basically chasing the crook by the tail. Right. Or, you know, trying to either help or lift up Luke. Right. You know, um, even the conversations that she was having with the captain played by uh, Karen Pittman, who was a welcome return. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's great seeing her. Um, even, even those conversations didn't, to me, didn't have the same bite that they did last season. Um, I thought that maybe her, her exchanges with this one female cop, um, early on in the, in the, in the season might lead to a little bit more exploration of her. Right. Um, but. I didn't get that. I thought that maybe, you know, like you said, the shared history that they implied between her and Cockroach might be a, a window into another uh, another uh, uh, layer Yeah, on, on her character. I didn't feel that that really got explored. I mean, it was cool to see them acting in the scene together. No, 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 absolutely. Um, so so I, I just felt that there were missed opportunity i think there were missed opportunities to show a little bit more color with simone i've said it to and i said it to her face that i would i would pay a million dollars to see simone missick in a comedy like and i think there right. were, there were moments there were moments where she could have shown a different you know i'm sure she had to laugh on someday you know what i mean i mean don't get me wrong no 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 as I a just- fan of simone's eyebrows I could watch them furled all day, furled and unfurled. Right, right. I mean, they—they right. they, that was that was I was I could I could watch a a a a film of those alone. I, I'm 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 a sucker for nice eyebrows. Right, right, right. It's like know? misty night concerned. Yes, I, yes. I, I don't know. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know it 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 goes back to my trek. I I love Star Trek, but my vision of Star Trek is always Leonard Nimoy popping his one eyebrow. Right. And I tried to train myself to pop that one eyebrow. And when I learned that Simone Missick could do it and could do it with either one, right. I'm like, my girl, you were all that. So I sat there and I watched eyebrows. So so that's my only other but. I think you, you know I think I think that kind of goes along with what what I was saying. I you, you know you almost. Like you can almost, and there's there's like that there's a meta moment in one of the episodes where where Simone basically says you're my sidekick and he yeah. says you know no you're my you know I, it's my show right where if you don't watch it Misty Knight will take over the show yeah and I, like and I, like I, I the see whole, them trying like to... and it's almost like they have to throttle her back right so that he can but part of the reason that that there's so much in her character. Again, it's the Harlem bit. Yeah, it's the it's the Harlem part, and and I agree with you. Where you know it's like they they have the the, the sort of moment where she basically says, "I'm going to turn in my badge." Mm-hmm. Spoiler, and then she doesn't, 
Yeah. And it's almost like, oh, they almost took the step. Yeah. Where now she can. Because the other thing I realized about Luke Cage is that this is the closest to something I've been dreaming about since I was probably 18, 19 years old. This is Shaft, the television series. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. right there where, you know, my whole argument about Shaft is that Shaft is this character who is a detective or, or pri- you know, a, a private investigator mm-hmm. that can navigate all of these different worlds. Right. And they're right there with Luke Cage. Yeah. Where, you know, you have they've you know, they've done this wonderful job establishing Harlem. Mm-hmm. as a character and all the people in it and and this sense of place and and frankly Misty Knight is more suited it, she's better suited to work through this world than Luke Cage is yeah but the show's called Luke Cage right so you know until we get that Daughters of the Dragon spinoff yeah but yeah, it was a great season. It, it was it was a great season. It was a great season. It, it was, was like you said, it was better than the first. Um, I think this is the best season of a Netflix. These Netflix superhero um, shows. I think Daredevil's first season is near perfect. I think it's just as good as Jessica Jones's first season. Yeah, it's up there. But but it's up but, there. But you you know it, it was I, th- I thought it was fantastic, and I'm very much looking forward to the third season. I I I enjoyed it. I Plus really they gave. Did. Oh well, that's a super spoiler. But I'll just say that I, I really enjoyed what they did with the um. Even that's a spoiler, I guess. What you got to say it now? Well, the super villain who they've set up for 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 next year. Oh yes, and her look. Yes, like. I was like, I know they're not going to do the yes, Afro Puffs. Oh, they did the Afro Puffs! <laughs> they actually gave her the Afro Puffs. So, but yeah, Luke, Luke Cage. Luke Cage, which it seems is from um, looking at the interwebs. Yes. People are enjoying they're yes. taking it in. They're, they're, they're loving every minute of it, and God bless them. And there's a lot to love, like we said. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately... They are watching this show available on Netflix for sake of another show that is right there for them on FX that I would say is even more compelling than Luke Cage. Oh. And that's Pose. Yeah, I guess this is a. So, so you want to talk about Pose before we get into the movie, or? Well, I want to talk. Yeah, because I, I, I wanted to. Because I think that. But, uh, go ahead, because you know, you know, I completely agree with you. I think that Pose deserves its own conversation, a short little conversation, not long, yeah. because oh, yeah. this is a movie show, and we, yeah. we got to get to the uh, to our uh, oh, yeah. future. But I think that um, Pose is. Just really one of the great bits of television right now. For those that don't know, it's a it's a new show that's on FX. It's only I think it's the sixth episode is about to air this week. Yes, um, it's set in the world of 1987, and it's a looks at the juxtaposition of several segments of life and society in New York. Uh, during the the Trump era, the downtown social and literary scene. Trump, Trump as as. Trump era, right, right, right. Trump as like as Donald as Trump, Trump the, the, right, the the business mogul, yeah, yeah, you know, like the rise of big business, yeah, downtown social and literary scene, and the ball culture 
world of uh, set in the world of um, the transgender community. Well, yes. I guess the LBGT LBG, right, right. community would be a, the better way to, to say it. This is a new... Because I think there are there are gay men, mm-hmm. there are transgendered men, yes, and then there are drag queens, yes. So you know, it kind of runs the gamut. Yes, uh, this is a new film, a new uh, series from Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. Uh, it stars MG, MJ Rodriguez as Blanca Rodriguez Evangelista, an HIV positive trans woman who is the new mother of the house. Evangelista, a former member of House Abundance. That's right. <laughs> That's right. House Abundance, whose mother is Do- who- Electra Abundance. Electra Abundance. Played by Dominique Jackson. Oh my God. Dominique Jackson is the absolute greatest thing ever. Yes. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? Vince, with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. So it's a uh, Trinidadian uh, American transgender actress, author, and model. I I mean, she's got to be a model in real life. Yeah, like she's 12 foot 9. And she's so striking. Yes. Like she's actually striking when you see her. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, uh, I've watched, I admittedly have only watched three episodes. And it's uh, a show that is is 100% set in that world. Because I don't live in that world, didn't live in it in 1987, don't sure. live in it now. Sure. I can't speak to the the validity and accuracy of his depiction of that community right. in 1987. Right. However, what I can say is that having watched this episode, I feel an emotional sincerity and emotional authenticity. Mm-hmm to what is being depicted i feel that the acting is spot on oh yeah i think the script sometimes can be a little bit overwritten but that but i found that to be true of a lot of ryan murphy stuff oh yeah so i'm not gonna hold that against it but even with that the acting just like still sails through it um the stories, the heartache, the the uh, the relationships that these women and these men have with one another um, really just are, are heartfelt. Oh yeah, uh, they really really are touching. The the show, you know, sometimes goes left into the absurd, but when it does, it's you, by then you're so 
locked in with the characters that you just go for the ride. Yeah. And and their sincerity about everything they're doing makes you just still feel their highs and their lows. There's a moment where they go where the the house of Evangelista go for a big win in this ball ball culture. So like this ball, they go for a big win and they fail. Yes. Um and you feel for their loss. However, the immediate next scene is one of the people from House Evangelista going for a very important audition. Yes. And at the end of that scene, the whole house is there and you feel for them at that moment. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the, the person made it. I mean, it, it, look, it's a, it's a rocky moment. So you you kind of know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. It, it still doesn't um, speak to what happens in that scene. Cause it still is a very incredible scene, but the joy that they exude at that moment is so sincere. And I think it's sincere because they realize, I think they all to a, uh, to a person realize that that is their victory. The loss was just, eh, that's whatever. Yeah. This is truly life and this is their victory. It was, I, I really enjoyed this, enjoy the show. And I, I like, if you are not watching this show and looking at the ratings, you aren't right. You are missing out on some great television. This, this is my favorite show of 2018. This yeah. is my favorite favorite show of 2018 and i loved 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 luke cage and i loved westworld before it went off and i love the expanse Mm -hmm. which just had its season finale but this is my favorite show i think i mean first of all i I don't think you can gloss over it this is an extraordinarily important show it has all of these trans actors all of these openly gay actors all men of color, mm-hmm. you know, Puerto yes. Rican in black. And yes. uh, this is a story that we aren't told. Right. You know, as you said, it's set in the 80s during the ball culture. This is in the midst of AIDS becoming an epidemic. And HIV is a death it, sentence. Yeah. And and in my mind, one of the more embarrassing moments of, of our country mm-hmm. in the past 50 years where we let all of these people die because they were mostly brown and black poor gay men yeah and in the midst of it there like you said there is love and there is joy and there is pain and 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 i think um outside of it being important like you said i think it is it is really well done I, i think you're right ryan murphy is 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 one of these people one of these creators that does have this highly stylized style, Mm -hmm. but it works in these ball scenes. But I do think, as you said, the acting um, shines through so that there is this real sense of, of immediacy Mm -hmm. that you feel for these men and women and what they're going through. And, you know, the fact that the specter is hanging over their head just makes it more powerful. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, you know, you know me, I'm always a cynic. I knew, I knew from the first episode that this was, 
there's no way this is going to get a second season because this is a show, and we'll talk about this with the um the film, frankly, mm-hmm. that I think this is not here for spectacle. And I think oftentimes when we have films, when we have television shows with gay men and trans and, and trans women, and particularly gay men and trans women of color, mm-hmm. it's there for amusement okay. and, right, and right, entertainment. Right. And this has the audacity to treat these people as if they're actually people. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, it addresses issues like, you know, racism in the gay community that, that, you know, certainly no one wants to talk about. And, and yeah, if you're not watching it, you should watch it. Like you're missing something very important and very good. You don't think it's going to get a second season? I would be vic- Cause I don't know who the audience is. I don't know who the, I mean, frankly, you and I talked about it a few weeks ago. I don't hear, and this is, this is mad anecdotal. What I'm about to say, I don't get the sense that black people are watching it. Frankly, yeah. like like when you kind of put your you you know you put your antenna up, like you said, we were talking about Luke Cage and 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 you know power just came back on yeah, and yeah. and 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 you know even even love is like there's a little buzz about love is and I get the sense that we're watching that, but I don't hear anyone talking about Pose. Yeah, and I get the sense that the sort of Ryan Murphy audience. Mm-hmm. That kind of middle class white, um, you know, he certainly has a strong white gay following. Mm-hmm. I don't get the sense they're supporting it either. Yeah. So I don't know who's supporting it. You know, I applaud Ryan Murphy for um, for making it. Yeah. And, you know, and there's so many people, you know, I know Janet Mock has written a couple of scripts and everyone. Um, but it's just really 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 good it's a story that we haven't seen before um you you know it it, it, like i hate to give this elevator pitch because it really does cheapen it but it's almost like paris is burning the television show yeah but just done so much better but um yeah yeah I, i completely agree with you if you're not watching pose you should absolutely be watching pose yeah, you gotta get up on it, ladies and gentlemen. It's I believe it's only going to have eight se- eight episodes. Okay, uh, at least looking here on Wikipedia. Okay, so, um, check it out. Yeah, let's uh, get into our yeah. review. Yeah, so this is actually a nice transition to the review. Yes, our review of Tangerine. Hey, Alexandra, come here. Listen, have you seen Cindy? Cinderella looks like someone has a crush. Cindy's back on the block? Oh, yeah, she's back. She's back, and she's going hard. Merry Christmas, bitch. Woo! <laughs> I got some good news to tell you about me and Chester. I know what it is. You're breaking up with him. Thank God. I'm going to be cheating on you like that. Wait, 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 wait. What? You, you didn't know? Mm. White light. Who is she? Her name starts with a D. Danny. Desiree. Destiny? You're making me lose my game. She's some white fish. Chester and she don't mean real fish. Yeah, bitch, like a real fish. Girl, like vagina and everything. Girl, calm the f down. It's not that serious. I will go with you under one condition. You must promise me that there's not going to be any drama. I promise. I promise. Look at me in my eyes and promise. I promise no drama, Alexandria. Whoa! What the f? Oh, boy. You didn't have a Chris Brown to be. What did you do to her? 
Does your friend ever shut up? No. That bitch been talking ever since I met her. Why does he owe you money? We made a business transaction. You're not even hard yet. Hard. That's hard. Chester. Since him. Who's your man? Whose heart beats for you? Cindy, what do you see in him? Talk to me. We've been out of jail for 24 hours. She's already causing drama. She called the police. The cops are coming. Come on, girl. Out here, it is all about our hustle. And that's it. This motherfucking girl thing. Tangerine, 2015 American comedy drama film directed by Sean Baker, written by Baker and Chris Burgau, starring Katana, Kiki Rodriguez, Maya Taylor, and James Ranzone. The story follows a transgender sex worker who discovers her boyfriend and pimp has been cheating on her. It was shot with three iPhone 5S smartphones and premiered at the 2015 Sundance Film Festival. It had a limited release uh, through Magnolia Pictures. This film was the first Academy Awards campaign for an openly transgender actress supported by a film producer was launched for this film for the actress Katana Kiki Rodriguez and for Maya Taylor. However, neither were nominated but it was a big a big award winner on the indie circuit and on the film festival circuit where it won the audience award at the gotham independent film awards uh, maya taylor won best supporting actress uh, at the gotham independent film awards as well as san francisco film Circ- film critic circle award and the traverse city film festival awarded the film the stanley kubrick award okay that that just sounds good right there and sean baker was voted the one of the directors to watch at palm springs international film festival all of this in 2015 for tangerine vince's selection for this stop on the michelle mission what say you vince of tangerine tangerine so, so you know as you said it was sort of the indie darling mm-hmm. a few years ago and i think um I've mentioned it a couple of times and like it's come up periodically yep. and it was on the list of best black films of the past however many years. Yeah. That, 20, um, since 20, yeah, uh, that indie wire, that indie wire, that indie wire, a list we were reading from, which, you know, let's just go ahead and kill the suspense. I don't know how you call this a black film. So I don't really see it as a, like, like Maya Taylor is the only black person in it. Mm. You know, Anna Fox is in it for one scene. Mm-hmm. But so I wouldn't call it a black film, you know. Having said that, you know I think it got it got the buzz for a couple of reasons. A because it was shot on the iPhone, the the iPhone as you said, and then B because it had trans women as the primary cast. And as far as shooting it with the iPhone three, I, I think five five. I'm sorry. I think this is really a. a a great technical accomplishment and and it shows what can be done with these phones. And, and, you know, I love this. I love Baker's stylized um, approach, you know, gets frantic. Sometimes I love the interplay with the music when um, the character Cindy gets upset. 
I love the um the desaturation mm-hmm. of the colors. Like like I'm a I'm a big fan of depictions of of sort of seedy West Hollywood. And I think the the sense of place as Cindy and Alexandra kind of walk through looking for this character, Chester, you get the sense of this community. Yeah, you do. And you know, that part I think works really well. And 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 you know, I could have watched much more of that aspect of it. You know, the other side of it, you know, there are these two parallel storylines and, and there's the Armenian taxi driver, Rasmic. And and you, you know, he picks up Pat well, he's a taxi driver. And and you know, and that's kind of funny. And so that part of the buzz I completely understand and I completely go along with. The other side of the buzz with with this casting of these two trans actors, actresses, you know, Meyer Taylor and Katiana Kiki Rodriguez. I don't think you can ever overemphasize the power of um, representation mm-hmm. and the fact that you do have these trans actors mm-hmm. in this role, in, in, in these lead roles. Right. Because, you, you know, the character of Cindy and Alexandra are not, you, you know, sort of background color. Not at all. Like these are the lead characters, and and I appreciate that, and and I um, and I acknowledge the power of it. Having said that, I I do. I, I was wondering as I was watching it, and 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 you know, it's not fair to compare this to something that came out three years after it. But, you know, as we were talking about before we started with Pose and, and, you know, we're saying, you know, I don't know who's like, I don't know who the audience is for this talking about Pose because, you know, these characters aren't here just to be entertaining. Right. And I think for the vast majority of this hour and 20 some odd minute film, the character of Cindy doesn't really have any depth none to her yeah, like right. it is all performance yes. it is all performative and she's you, you know she's sort of over the top and, and you know i don't want to say a caricature of what we would think a trans woman prostitute would be right but there certainly aren't any surprises in her characterization not at all alexandra kind of follows her around and again besides the fact that you have these two trans women of color front and center which which again very powerful there's nothing really to their characters they're just there you you know they're 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 running around looking for this this character and i think what makes it really disappointing to me in retrospect is that again for an hour and maybe fifteen minutes? Mm-hmm. There's nothing really there. Like there's nothing past the surface characterization. They're they're just very sort of flamboyant. Yeah, and and you know something that you would see on like Bravo. Right, and and you know again one one of these characters where where I, I'm I'm sort of orbiting around the word exploitation. Mm-hmm. But that's what I felt. And then you get to maybe the last 15 minutes and you find out something about Alexandra. Yes. And you get this beautiful scene between these two characters that kind of sums up 
their complicated friendship. Yes. And you kind of see them as more as, you know, these sort of, you you know, again, flamboyant trans women Mm -hmm. kind of, you you know, floating through West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I wanted so much more of that. Like, I wanted so much of what I got in the last 10 minutes. Right. But unfortunately, now the film's over. Right. And and ultimately, I think this is a film that is important because it's important. Right. But it's not important because it's good. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily a great film by any stretch of the imagination. However, I think that... Outside of the the technical wonder of filming this completely on iPhones, I think what doing it on the uh, filming this on the iPhone gives you is an intimacy to all of the scenes, regardless of how seemingly pointless or over the top some of them may be. They're all lent an intimacy just by virtue of it being from that phone point of view that I think helps with the storytelling and therefore gives you, makes you what every film always tries to make you. You are the fly on the wall watching these two people. One who, yeah, seemingly doesn't have a whole lot of depth to her. It's all over the top, whatever. The other one may may be a slightly more grounded friend. Living, just wants to be able to go up onto a stage and sing in front of her friends. You know, exude in something that she enjoys doing. I think there is an intimacy into just taking a peek into that world i think like to me as much as there wasn't a whole lot of things going on i still kind of weirdly enjoyed the film because i was watching two friends Mm. i was watching two friends just spend their day and when you watch two friends spend their day you can have some off the wall stuff kind of happen and more often than not, some of that off the wall stuff kind of happens when you are apart from one another, mm-hmm. because then it gives you something to talk about. Wait till I tell you what happened when you know this brother pulled me over, and next thing I know, I can't get my forty dollars from him, and we got to tussle on the street. Pfft, that ain't nothing. I tracked down this Diana, and <laughs> right. I had to get this heifer. Dinah, Dinah, Dinah. <laughs> It could have been Desiree. It could have right, been right. Desi. All we all we know is it starts with a D. It starts with a D. <laughs> Just watching the watching their friendship, and almost and as you're watching their friendship, you you get the sense that they're friends. Mm-hmm. And as it's growing, you get the sense okay, they kind of know each other pretty cool. But how cool do they really know one another? You know, maybe are they are they just friends of the street? Are they just friends of the moment? Right. friends because of the lifestyle that they that they both uh share you know um you don't really know however in almost as it is in in i find in every significant relationship that people have with someone else that they call a friend 
just when you think like, you know, hey, you know, that's always just, you know, so-and-so. That's always Vince. That's always Lynn. There's going to come one moment. It may be brief. It may be a look. It may be as simple a gesture as, you know, sharing an article of quote-unquote clothing with you at your time of need. Right. But there's always going to be one thing that happens that defines what you really mean to each other. Right. Each other's place in your life. And when that moment happens in this film, and yes, it is a, it's a while coming, it's enough of a capper for me. Mm-hmm. Because it becomes the capper of this day that I've watched these two friends live. See, I think, I think why I hesitate to go along with that reading, I think your humanity mm-hmm. is shining through. Like, I think I don't give the average viewer of this film as much credit as I give you. Okay. To grant people personhood. Well, you're right. You're because right. of who you are. Right. So right. that like I think it I, I like I think it's admirable and and I think you know hopefully we get to the point where you can watch a film with two trans women and mm-hmm. and and trans women of color because mm-hmm. everything that goes along with race is in here too. Mm-hmm. And you take for granted that these are human beings and you take for granted that they have nuance and complexities and everything. Unfortunately, I'm not that optimistic so that, you know, again, when I see this film and when you read the reviews and you kind of get a sense of the demographic that was going to see this, this sort of, you know, hipster, art house, you know, white, educated class. Mm -hmm. I I, I just go back to, you you know, it's, it's just all entertainment. It's just all performative. It's just all over the top mm-hmm. you, you know and and i'm talking about these women but even though you, you know they're when when they burst into places yeah and they're almost like these quentin tarantino-esque set pieces yeah yeah so yeah. that i'm very uncomfortable with this much more entitled much more privileged audience looking at these performances that you can just look at as pure entertainment so that, you know, again, these aren't people. Mm-hmm. The, the, this is just something for, for my, for my amusement. And, and in my mind, it's, it's the very definition of exploitation so that you don't get that humanity. See, but I, until the film is damn near over. See, but see, but to me that, I can I, I I'm cool with I'm cool with that I'm cool. like I think like this like you talked about who's the audience for this film and and we talked about who's the audience for Pose I feel like the audience for both are uh, and and maybe it's not us I not well, I definitively don't think it's us because I think it, it may be the child of the 21st century okay who who is more and more you know living in a world. Without a lot of these blinders, these blind spots, okay, and and can just watch who who 
it maybe has trans friends in, okay. the, in their circle. Okay. You know, or it, even if a, a, a trans friend, you know, coworker right. that they get along with, you know, uh, or or byproduct knows a, knows somebody that knows a trans worker that comes to see them, and they're a nice person, you know. Um, so, it, and, and it's much more accepting of that. So that when you then do see a a sh- a, a show or movie that is just either a window into that world, okay. such as Pose, or is a piece of farce. I was about to say farce. You it's know, definitely farce. Yeah, a, p- a piece of farce set in that world can accept it for what it is, you know? Okay. And then receives that, you know, whatever humanity is shown through throughout the movie because while we talked about the hum- the humanity that that comes through at the end that end scene at the laundromat which is where it takes place there's another very small subtle piece of humanity as well because when the one character Alexandra goes to you know sing right at this bar yeah you know Cindy just sits there watching her with her head on the on the chair and just looking at her friend, you know that's true. And just that's enjoying, a very good point. And enjoying her friend's mo- moment. That's true. And, and mind you, Cindy, who we have seen be bonkers, yes, throughout this entire movie, yeah. But immediately, as she had the foresight, it's like her her clock, her internal clock was ticking. Uh oh, wait a minute, what time is it? Right, everything must stop. Because I've got to go see my friend sing. That's a good point. That's a, that's a very good point, actually. Okay. You okay. Know? I mean, so there are very human. There are very very small, subtle human moments. There's a, there's a moment with Cindy with a character who she's been basically abusing for the whole movie, and but there's one like just small little scene where she like, like cleans her up a little bit. Right. You know, there is uh, a very interesting. You know, the whole uh, Armenian man. Yeah. Well, he gets much more of a story. Yeah, he does get more of a story. You know, like he, for, for this to be a movie about Cindy and um, Alexandra, Rosnick gets the story. Yeah, he, 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 yeah, he does. He does. But, but, and it's, it's a kind of like an, it, it's a little bit of an interesting story. It's an interesting kind of like, a, a turn of events that happened with him mm-hmm. um, that uh, you know I, I gotta admit I didn't 100% see coming I sensed it but when it came I was like whoa and yeah okay they did go there yeah you know? oh yeah alright I'm here let's, All right. let's, let's, let's ride this farce <laughs> let's, to its let's, conclusion let's ride this farce. you know what I mean yeah uh, and then we basically become the again the fly on the wall or the uh the uh the the lady at the counter because yeah. she was enjoying the show as well yeah um and the and you know i just i think i think that there are are enough people obviously by the the accolades that the film did 
achieve enough people who could see it for just that. You know, it's just a comedy within the within these settings. There is it's definitely an important film because of its cast, because of how it was made, um, what it speaks for. Uh, you know, the future of Hollywood, yeah, the future oh, yeah. of entertainment. And for the um, uh, the future of representation and the future of, you know, it also belies the the oft-told lie, especially now in the 21st century, of not having the access to produce films of quality. Yeah. Of um, of depth and um, and get your films out there. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Um there I I came away from this like no, is it is 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 the story groundbreaking? Um but no, but I came away and it is the acting, you know, great in the movie? Not really. No. You know, not really. Um but there are, there's enough there that I just I came away just really enjoying this film. I really I really had a good time. You're right. It's not a black film. Uh, so no, does it necessarily belong on the Michelle mission? No, I wouldn't say that. It, it doesn't because it's not a black film. Right. But you know, it can find a home here on the Michelle mission. <laughs> we'll take it in. We'll take it in because <laughs> it is a film of people of color. It absolutely is. A, it is. There are there are every shade of humanity. Yeah. In this in this film, so I, I I accept it, and I will say this: I will you know talking about race in this film, I appreciated that whiteness was not a default of normalcy. Yes, you you know there are yes. white characters in this film, but but they are just as um out there as everybody else. Yes, just like, as quirky. It just as quirky. Quirk- Quirky is a very polite word. You, you know, go. oftentimes when you have these stories, you know, the black characters isn't it some ordinary white girl and mm-hmm. she has, but, but no, I, like I really, really enjoyed the character of Dinah. Yeah. Yeah. I could have done for, I mean, well, for what well, she for what was, she did, yes, right. Yes. For what she was, you, you know, like she was not just a, 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 a passive victim, mm-hmm. you, you know, like she brought it like the rest of them. So and- I appreciate it. That you know, for a, for a long time in this film, all you're hearing about is Chester. Yes, and Chester is nothing like I envisioned. Really, because he's exactly the scummy little guy I thought he'd be. Oh, he's a scum bucket. Yeah, but he certainly didn't appear. Yeah, at like anything that I envisioned. And that was, of course, James uh, Ranson, who you, if you recognize him, you probably recognize him from the second season of The Wire. Was he? Yeah, he's the cousin. He's the cousin that's always wow. taking his penis out with wow. the duck. I did not recognize. Him. Yeah, he's he, he he has really gotten that scummy. Like he's a scumbag. <laughs> like that is this is his role right here. Yes. If you need sort of a reedy little scumbag, mm-hmm. he's your guy. He's your guy. He's, he's your, your go-to. Guy. Yeah. So I liked him. Um. Okay, all right. I think you maybe have changed my mind just really? during this conversation. Really? I think you because I really, I am so pessimistic about audience with with these with these films. Yeah. But but I think you make a good point. I, I think you know hopefully younger audiences 
are better at this type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they are. And and I will I, I, I will I will go along with that read. In which case, I enjoy this film a bit more than I thought I did. That's all we can ask. That's, that's all. So, would you recommend Tangerine? Is the question. I think I would recommend Tangerine, but it would be to select audiences. Like I'm not telling my sisters to watch Tangerine. Okay. I don't think I know my sisters. Right. You know my twin sister and my older sister. Okay. They ain't gonna enjoy this. Right. However, um, I do have you know I have tons of friends that I think that that would enjoy it. Okay. All right. How about you? I think. You know, sort of the same response. I, Did you I, watch this with uh, the missus? No, 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 no. I, okay, I just I know I, you sometimes watch. Yeah, it no, no, no. I watched it by myself. I um, I think she'd have the exact same reaction, and then I'd have to argue, basically the mil- the millennial argument mm-hmm. that you just argued. And um, I, I think if you like films, if you're interested in film and the development of film, you you kind of have to watch it. Well, I think you do. Yes, just it, to see like what the they did of film. Yes. with with the iPhone. Um, because it's striking. It is. It is. Very it, it, it is. What they did. I mean, you watch some of these amazing. shots, and you're like, "Really? They did this with an iPhone?" Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Well, you know, it's funny. Remember, Dorian was in that film that was at Black Star. Oh, a yeah, few years right, ago right. that they shot on on iPhones. That's right. So it's you, you know we're right there. It's there. It's we're there. right there, and I think that is a, a a very important point you make about the um the impediment. Mm-hmm. The traditional impediment between realizing your vision is so low now, yeah, compared to other times. Uh, as a film itself, you know, it's not bad. I think there are worse ways to spend an hour and a half yeah. than watching it. So I think I do fall on the side of recommending it. And certainly, you know, this is a film that comes up. You know, mm-hmm. since 2015, people talk about this film. So if you just want to be in the in crowd and be able to talk <laughs> about this stuff. So, so you know, yeah, I think I am recommending it. I think I am recommending Tangerine. Oh, dope. Yeah. Tickety dope. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. But don't believe us. It's streaming on the internet. On streaming services. On a streaming service near you. So we won't say which uh, streaming service, but it, it's out there. Yes. Uh, Tangerine. Tangerine? It comes with the Michelle Mission stamp of approval. There you go. So before we tell you what we're going to watch next week, ladies and uh, gentlemen, we invite you all to like and follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Become one with the Facebook group that is the Michelle Mission. Email us all your um, your questions, your thoughts, your concerns to Mission um, at gmail.com. You can always find all of our past shows available for your download and streaming pleasure on MichelleMission.com as well as on Podglomerate, the Podglomerate podcast network of which the Michelle Mission are a proud member. Yes, we are. This show is also available wherever you get podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, where we ask you to leave a ranking and a review, or on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Okay? And it is available as a radio show, Saturdays on WPPM, 106.5 FM in Philadelphia and Camden, and on Mondays, Monday mornings at 9.30 on WKDU 91.7 FM in Philadelphia. 
Next week, I want to watch Set It Off. Set It Off. Queen Latifah. It's a good choice. Jada Pinkett. That's a good, that's that's a good. Kimberly Elise. Solid choice. And Vivica Fox. When's the last time you watched Set It Off? It's been a minute. Interesting. It's been a long minute. And And it's been on. Like, I refuse to watch movies right right right, with commercials and stuff so it's been a minute since i've watched the whole thing yeah it's been a long time that's a good you know off the top of your head who directed it do you remember not at all not at all not i know blair underwood's in it no 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 i knew (laughs) yes blair underwood is definitely in it i was just wondering so samuel jackson is he in it yeah is samuel jackson and it said it all he's the man don't tell me don't tell me i just want i just want to be reminded like surprised like God, can anybody eat? <laughs> can anybody else eat? Samuel Jackson's been eating everybody's I'm lunch. Pretty sure he's in Set It Off. I may be mixing him up from his role in um, Strictly Business. Because Strictly Business, he's the manager. He's the manager, and I thought he was maybe because we he surprised I, us when he pops up there. Right, I thought he was the manager of their um their cleaning crew. Oh, uh, you! If it's Samuel Jackson, Vince, now you got to find out. You've got to find out, Vince. We have to know. No, 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 right, right, right. So I'm looking right now, actually. If it said it, if it's Samuel Jackson, I'm selecting another. It's movie. not. Okay, good. It's not Samuel. I didn't Jackson. want to have to select another movie. No, 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 no. But it is. Um, Delroy Lindo. No, it's not Delroy Lindo, but it's Thomas Jefferson Bird, baby. Oh, you're happy. That's right. <laughs> I knew it was one of these magnificent character actors that I love. Samuel Jackson is not a magnificent character actor. Samuel Jackson is the only black actor in America. Samuel Jackson was a character actor until he became Samuel Jackson. So, you know, like this, let's be clear. The only reason Samuel Jackson didn't play this role is because he was playing the same role in another movie. It's probably when he films uh, Strictly Business. Right, like 1996. Who was he doing in 96? Eating somebody else's lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, hell, we're here. Let me see. Now you're going to find out what he was Samuel doing in 96. L. Jackson. Let's well, see. when did um, Jungle Fever Well, let's, let's see. Let's see. Samuel Jackson, acting career in the 90s. Who was he doing in 96? Oh, 96, he was, um, <laughs> you ready for this? In 1996, he was in two, four, six movies. Why was he in six <laughs> movies? And ni- he was in Losing Eyes. No, wait. He was in The Great White Hype. Uh, that's the time to kill. Yeah, okay. He was in Long Kiss Goodnight. Yes. He was in Hard Eight. He was in Trees Lounge. Trees Lounge. Yeah. And he was in a movie called The Search for One-Eyed Jimmy. So all of those came out in 96. So he couldn't be in Set It Off. He wanted to be in Set It Off, but it was too much else going on. <laughs> they wouldn't pay for the car they were, take him from, to take him from the set, set, set of Trees set. Lounge. Right, right, right. Your set is just a day. I, I, I studied it and everything. I studied it and everything. Can anybody else eat? Why was he in six movies in 1996? Because of mortgage. He was also in a um in in a PSA that was used in schools called Teens and Guns Preventing Violence, where he played himself. 
Heat. <laughs> hey, kids, it's Samuel Jackson. Leave the mother guns alone. He wouldn't even let some waiter <laughs> be in the PSA. <laughs> Breaking his neck across town to get to the audition for the PSA. That's terrible. He walks in. Samuel Jackson sitting that there. That is terrible. He was in four movies in 95, in three movies in 97, and in four more movies in 98. It is actually ridiculous. It's a damn shame. <laughs> that is a damn... That's that a damn shame. Meanwhile, Blair Underwood was <laughs> set it off. That's it. That's it. And then he had to go back to TV. Then he had to go back to TV. L.A. Law, I think. Yeah. I think it was on L.A. Law around then. But yeah, that's that's a really good show. Can I ask why? Well, I guess we'll talk about it next week. I, I do have a reason for selecting it. And, and it has to do with the... Um, the show that we're going to do after that. Well, I was wondering. I yeah. was wondering. This is all. So so that show you will play immediately after that. Exactly. Oh, that's perfect. Look at you producing. It's almost like you planned it that way. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> <sighs> I am what I am. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get out of here. This yeah. is going up incredibly long. Yes, yes. Um, but you won't know this if you're listening to it on radio because on radio it's only a one hour version of the show. That's so true. if you are enjoying our show on radio, I'm telling you, you need to listen to the podcast. Yeah, oh yeah. You're missing almost an hour extra. Yeah, oh of yeah. Insanity. Oh yeah. But nevertheless, he's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>